Welcome to our service today. It's the third of our missionary weekend. It's our worship service here on the Lord's Day. And as we continue with the missionary theme, we're going to sing together by way of worship, paraphrase 18. Behold the mountain of the Lord in latter days shall rise on mountain tops above the hills and draw the wandering eyes.
seated. I'm going to read the Word of God as we always do at the beginning of our worship service and we go through the Psalms collectively, consecutively, and we come to Psalm 55. So let's read some of these verses before we pray. And we're very glad to have one of our Bible College students, Mr. Adam Kennedy, and Adam will come to lead us to the throne of grace in prayer. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof, deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then could I have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. And just one other verse, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Amen. May the Lord be pleased to bless his word. I'm going to ask Adam to come and pray. We'll just bow our heads together in a word of prayer to seek the face of God for his blessing upon us today as we meet in his house. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our Father in heaven, we come before thee this morning into thy house. And the Lord, we thank thee today that we come to pray unto the one true and the living God. And Lord, we come today, we acknowledge thy greatness. Lord, we acknowledge thy mercy and thy goodness. And Lord, who thou art, that Lord, beside thee that there is none other. And the Lord, it is our desire today as we come into thy house that, Lord, we would praise thee and we would worship thee in spirit and in truth. And the Lord, we thank thee today for the grounds that we come unto thee 
in prayer and knowing that we can come to thy throne of grace with boldness to find that grace to help in our time of need. And Lord, we thank thee today that we can be called the, the sons of God. Lord, we thank thee for thy great salvation to us. Lord, we thank thee for the gospel message which tells us of thy love to a fallen world. And oh Lord, we thank thee afresh for thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank thee for his coming into this world. We thank thee for his perfect life. And oh Lord, we thank thee for his atoning death on the cross in our place, that he bear our sins on his body, on the tree. And Lord, we thank thee for the shedding of his precious blood, and that today we stand redeemed and justified. Lord, we're reconciled unto thee, and we're adopted into thy family. Lord, we are kept by thy hand and sustained by thy grace. And Lord, we thank thee today for all of thy goodness towards us spiritually, Lord, also physically as well, to bring us here to the house today in goodness of health, Lord, in soundness of mind. We thank thee for all of the blessings that come from above. And O oh Lord, today we come and we bring this service before thee this morning. Lord, we thank thee for thy presence in this house over the past few nights, Lord, of this missionary weekend. And, O oh Lord, we pray today for everything that would be said and done. Lord, for the hymns that we would sing together, for the ministry and song of, Lord, the Ukrainian choir and Victoria. And, Lord, most of all, for the reading and the preaching of thy word by thy servant today, Mr. Gray. Lord, we pray you bless each and every one that would take part. May they know the Spirit of God. Lord, fall afresh upon us today, upon each and every one. Lord, as we think about this weekend, Lord, we thank thee for the missionary endeavor of the Free Presbyterian Church. Lord, we thank thee for the vision that we have to not only reach those in this land, but those further afield with the message of the gospel. Lord, thou hast commanded us to go and to tell the world of Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray for thy help. We, we know that we do not labor, Lord, alone. We know that we go forward, God working with us. And may we ever be like those acts of the apostles, Lord. They went forward with the Spirit of God within them, and they saw mighty things done for the cause of Christ. Oh Lord, give us such power in these days. Help us to have power of, with God so that we can then have power with men. Help us all to be faithful to thee. Lord, for those thy children, may we ever seek out that word of God, Lord, that call upon our lives. Lord, may ever be active in the, the work of God, Lord, seeking to advance thy kingdom, whether that be home or further afield. We thank thee for those who have taken part. We remember even our brother, David McCauley, in this congregation, Lord, as he prepares to go to Uganda this year. And we pray for him. We pray for Rachel and the family. We pray for thy blessing upon them. We remember Glenn and Emma Hamilton as well as they would prepare to go to Kenya and also Elizabeth this year. We thank thee for these people, Lord, who are willing to lay down their lives to go at the call of God and to preach the gospel to new people who perhaps have never heard the message of good news. We thank thee for the message that we have for the gospel. We praise thee and thank thee that it is still the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And Lord, as we've heard from Mr. Park in this psalm this morning, we thank thee, Lord, if we call upon thee, that, Lord, thou shalt save us. If we cry aloud, Lord, then thou wilt hear us. And we know, Lord, that thou wilt hear and answer these prayers today. And we pray perhaps for some unsaved soul in, in this service even this morning. Lord, we pray that there would be a word to their hearts, Lord, a word to challenge them about their need of salvation, their need of Christ. 
And may thy spirit even come upon them and convict them of their sin, even convert them and make them a new creature in Christ Jesus. O Lord, bless us today. We thank thee that we are in thy house. We thank thee that we can shut ourselves in with God today. And so help us to worship thee in the beauty of thy holiness this day. May all power and glory and wisdom and praise be given unto thy name. And so, Lord, bless us now and do us good today. And we pray all of these things in the name of Christ and for his glory alone we ask. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. Uh, for those that don't know Adam, he's from the congregation in Sandown in Belfast. He's a second-year student at the Whitfield College of the Bible, and he has four years altogether to do before he completes his course. The youngest child here would be able to give the answer to the first question in the shorter, on the child's catechism, who was the first man? He'd be able to tell me immediately it was Adam. And uh, that is certainly the first man now in Victoria's life. For those who don't know, uh, it's Adam. And she is hoping to change her name from Salt to Conley, Kennedy. Kennedy. We better get that right. We're just talking this morning, the elders, that there was a wedding years ago, I think it was Wesley was saying, and uh, they got the names mixed up, and they married the wrong person, so we don't want to do that. It's got a little bit of a Portadown flavor today, because the preacher today is originally from Portadown, your pastor's from Portadown, the lady that is singing, Victoria, she was brought up in Portadown, and I see Philip, he, he was my youth leader, one of the youth leaders, that makes him a lot older than what I am, uh, but Philip and Charlie, good to see you in God's house today, uh, from Portadown also, one of our elders there. Victoria goes a long way back in our family because her grandfather, of course, was the minister in Portadown, the Reverend Kenneth Elliott. And I know that I can speak on behalf of John and others that um, grew up under his ministry, that under God, by God's grace, we are pretty much what we are today because of a faithful pastor who taught us much of what we know. And it was a blessing just to be in Portadown in those days under what I would call Mr. Evangelist, where he was a great evangelist. And some of you know that because 1976, he preached in a mission here when 57 people were converted to Christ. And some of you are here today. And uh, salvation wears well. And we're going to ask Victoria uh, to come and sing just now. And we trust that she'll be a blessing as she ministers in song.
piece that I'm going to sing was the very first song that I ever sang whenever I started my singing ministry. And it's simply entitled, People Need the Lord. Now, there are two people, the Hathis, as you know, who maybe can sing this a whole lot better than I can, because I know the Bethany Gospel singers used to sing this song. But 13 years ago, I used to sing this song. And it's the same message today, 13 years later. People still need the Lord. There's a line in it that says, when will we realize that we must give our lives? I wonder if 13 years ago, did you realize that? Have you given your life? And I trust that when we hear the missionary challenge from the Reverend Gray, that perhaps the Lord will speak to you and maybe today that you'll realize that you have to give your life because people still need the Lord. Every day they pass me by 
So most of you know the story of Ukrainians coming to Balamani, and we had a little DVD presentation of that last night that gave a very short overview. And Anita was one of the first that came, and she actually came on a mission trip with us to Romania that first summer whenever we were here. So she's got a, a view from the mission field, but she's also got a testimony to give. And Katrina is going to be the translator. Katrina is the daughter of Anna. Anna can't be here. And you will know that in the providence of God that when these folks came to Northern Ireland, they came from a Russian-speaking part of Ukraine. And we had, as a member of this church, a Russian lady. So God was working out his purpose that there would be a translator here to help them in so many ways. And she has done that. But she can't be here this morning, but her daughter, Katrina, is going to do the translation. So pray for both of them. I think they're a little bit nervous. There was a leg jumping up and down there a wee while ago, and that maybe is a sign of nervousness. But the Lord bless you, and uh, you can come over a wee bit here. I was born in a Christian family, and in my young years I visited a church with my parents. Service, the pastor called people up to repent. This touched my heart a lot, so I stepped forward and repented. At that moment, my heart filled with joy and happiness. I also had the desire to be baptized. The next day, at the Sunday morning service, I told my church this news. Я начала проходить уроки для крещаемых с пастором нашей церкви. Мои уроки подходили почти к концу, я уже должна была в скором времени прийти на братский совет. Но чем дальше проходила эти уроки, тем больше у меня появлялось мне насчет веры и крещения. But as the lessons went on, the more I began to have doubts in my faith and baptism. Я не понимала, что происходит. I didn't understand what was happening. И через некоторое время со мной случилась такая ситуация. After a while, the following situation happened to me. В один день, когда мы возвращались с воскресного собрания со знакомым нашего папы. One day we were coming back from the Sunday service with a friend of our dad's who was driving. Мой папа тогда не поехал, так как болел. 
My father couldn't be there as he was sick. Это была зима, и в тот день было солнечно и скользко из льда. Мы спокойно ехали, и вдруг возле нас проезжает на очень большой скорости машина и задевает машину, в которую мы ехали. И получилось так, что она врезается в бок машины. That car crashed into the side of our car. В тот момент мы все очень испугались, так как удар был сильный и неожиданный. И во время удара каждый чем-то ударился. Но мою голову сразу пришли такие мысли, что было бы, если бы я умерла. И я очень над этим долго думала. Но я была также благодарна Богу за то, что Он сохранил меня. И это был первый мой звоночек в голову. Эта ситуация как раз произошла за неделю до того, как началась война. И деревня, в которой мы жили, находится рядом с границей России, было очень страшно. Мы слышали взрывы, пролетали ракеты и пролетали очень несколько самолетов истребителей. Я помню, мы сидели в подвале, и я думала, что дальше, что с нами будет, и что будет, если мы все умрем. Проходили дни, и с каждый новый день был страшнее прошедшего. Я молилась, чтобы Бог хранил нас. I prayed, asking God to save us. И война это была моим вторым звоночком, когда я задумалась, что будет со мной, если я умру, и чем я была полезна на этой земле. И через две недели у нас появилась возможность ехать, и мы покинули страну. Прошло некоторое время, и мы приехали в Северную Ирландию сюда, в Балимоне. Нас окружили заботой, любовью и помощью. Here we were surrounded by so much care, love, and support. And I'm very grateful to all the people who participated in my life. But my heart was very heavy. I didn't fully understand what was happening. I had to start living a new life with new people, a new language, and a new culture. И хотя было очень трудно, Бог показывал мне свою любовь и заботу и помогал проходить все это. Although this was very difficult, God showed me His love and care and helped me through all of this. Бог послал мою жизнь очень много хороших людей. God sent so many amazing people into my life. В какой-то момент я поняла, что я не могу жить без Бога. И что не нужно ждать какого-то особенного момента, чтобы принять его в свое сердце. Я 
И я это сделала. Я приняла Бога как своего Спасителя. Я помню, в одно воскресенье я общалась со своей подругой Настей, и она сказала, что хочет на собрании покаяться и сказать о своем желании принять крещение. Мой сердце тоже было это желание, и в то воскресенье мы рассказали об этом церкви. Мы молились, и все были очень рады за нас. Но на этот раз это решение было полностью осознанным. И спустя несколько месяцев мы приняли крещение. И я очень благодарю Бога за то, что я спасена. And I am so thankful to God that I am saved. И за все это время я поняла то, что несмотря на разные ситуации в моей жизни, Бог был так благ ко мне. And during all this time, I realized that despite the different situations and difficulties in my life, God was so gracious to me. Давал силы, когда их не было. He gave me strength when I was weak. Он очень велик. God is so great. Я сделала такой вывод, что несмотря ни на что, я не хочу уходить от Бога. I came to the conviction that no matter what happens in my life, I will never turn away from God. Несмотря какие будут ситуации в моей жизни, no matter what I will face in my life, я хочу все эти ситуации проходить только с Богом. I want to go through them with only God. И не нужно чего-то ждать. Если Бог касается вашего сердца, приходите к нему. You don't have to wait for anything. When God touches your heart, come to him. Не ждите особенного момента, когда в вашу жизнь придут какие-то трудности. И сделайте это сейчас. We continue to pray for you. We're also glad to have the Ukrainians here, and they're going to sing just now, minister in song. So please come and, as they do so, for those that don't know, the red pieces that you see on the slide hopefully have translated well from English into Russian by Google Translate. So it should be reading in their language, singing the Ukrainian choir. Ти все сильний 
choir. You probably knew the tune of Jesus, Lamb of God, and you were able to sing the English in your own mind. So thank you in the Saviour's precious name. I want to bid you welcome uh, those who have come and those that are joining us on the internet. Some are from our other congregations, and it's a delight to have you. And we trust that you'll feel very much welcome in the house of God here at Hebron today. We welcome the preacher. We'll come to say something about that in a moment. And we welcome his wife, Mrs. Gray, is also here. May the Lord bless them. Meetings continue. The final meeting of the missionary weekend tonight at 7. And the Reverend David Brown is the preacher. The time of prayer beforehand at 6.30. And refreshments will be served. And I've been asked to say to the ladies, just to bring a small tray of eatables. All right, whatever that is. Um, it could be something different to you. So we'll have a wee variety tonight, no doubt, just so that we can have a time of fellowship afterwards. Remember, this is our week of prayer, Monday to Friday, each night at 8 o'clock, and a new prayer list for 2024 will be formulated during the week from Monday to Thursday. Remember the school's ministry, and on Tuesday morning we will be travelling, God willing, to the William Pingerton Memorial Primary School and then to Castle Row Primary School, and we will have our Ukrainian pastors with us on that occasion, or both occasions. Tuesday, <clears throat> later on that day, both pastors, Emmanuel and Bebe, return to Romania. So remember them on the journey. Saturday, the open air at 11 o'clock in the centre of the town. Saturday is also the Youth Council Training Day in Lisbon. We've made mention of that, giving you the details. Next Lord's Day begins with the prayer meeting, 8 o'clock, Sunday school, 10.30, and Bible class, 10.45, and Phil will deal with Moses again. <coughs> It'll be part two of A Prince and a Prophet. Worship service, 12 noon, gospel meeting at 7, and I'll be here, God willing, to preach. Refreshments will be served after the meeting. For the ladies, remember, Margaret Russell will be with us on the 7th of February. It's the Ladies' Fellowship Night at 8 o'clock, and the Hebron ladies will be singing. Once again, we want to congratulate Jonathan and Lauren on the birth of their baby son born this week, little Isaac, Isaac, Nathaniel, Alan, and we rejoice with them. We rejoice with Mervyn and Christine also becoming grandparents again. Congratulations to Davy and Margaret Davison on the birth of their great-granddaughter, Maya Ellie, and we also rejoice with that family in the goodness of God. It's actually their second great-grandchild, just to clarify that. Congratulations to Rebecca Blair, who became 18 yesterday, and she was in, uh, her mother was treating her for a breakfast yesterday morning, and the big breakfast, and we got to talk to her then. Thinking about the big breakfast, I want to thank Mervyn and Christine and all that helped in any way. It was a big event. There was a lot of work that had to go in to making it possible. Donations were given of food and it all had to be cooked and prepared and served. And so a lot of hard work went into this and uh, this was a fundraiser for our Christian school. And we're very thankful that over £2,300 was raised and maybe more still to come in. So thank you in the Lord's name. The Vision Magazine is available today. You'll get a copy. There's a copy for every family. Please take a copy. And the feature is Dr. Bill Woods. Dr. Bill Woods is with the Lord today. He's in glory. 
Last year, he was here on the Friday night of the missionary weekend and gave a challenge. And we so much miss the Lord's dear servant, but he's in a better place. We continue to pray for the sick that are connected to the congregation. We have added to that list, as you know, Lily Yusuf, and she is the wife of one of the pastors in Romania that we know, Florine. She's in her 40s, and she took very, very seriously ill, and she's been in intensive care ever since. And she did respond just by opening her eyes on one occasion yesterday, I think it was, uh, to her husband speaking to her. But pray that God will be pleased to take her out of the deep, deep darkness that she's in and restore her to health and strength. We continue to pray for Donald Fleming as well in hospital. We remember Olive McCreary and these others that we've added uh, to the prayer list. Remember Kirsty, she returns to Crown College tomorrow. She'll be traveling tomorrow. And remember our sister Noreen, who's with us, and she goes back to Uganda on Tuesday. And uh, we wish both of them well as they return to their places, one, their place of study and preparation, and then for Noreen to the place where God has her at Emmanuel Christian School serving the Lord there. Continue to pray for this weekend. There's just this service and tonight now, and then the week of prayer. And Israel is continually on our mind, the war there, and also in Ukraine, we pray that God will be pleased to bring these wars to an end. We're going to have our offering for the Lord's work, and as we do so, we're singing together in the harvest field now ripened, there's a work for all to do. Hark, the voice of God is calling to the harvest, calling you, little is much when God is in it. Keeping our seats as we have the offering.
sing the final verse only, verse 5. personal joy it is for me to welcome the Reverend John Gray to this pulpit at our special weekend. We've already indicated to you that we went to the same church and we remember uh, John coming to the Lord at the age of 13, I think it was, in the Brownstown Road Gospel Mission. It was a tent mission in Portadown and we grew up in the church together. We went to Bible college together. We preached gospel missions together, usually in a tent sometimes other strange places. We, we had a mission in a shop one time. It was a vacant shop in Loch Gaul, and uh, we ended up, after a tent mission, going into a barn for a final night uh, when the tent was taken down. Great times, and what a joy it was to see people brought to Christ in those days. We've taken an interest in each other's ministry. Um, when we got married, he was uh, my best man, I was his best man. We've been good friends all these years. It's good to have good friends, isn't it? Sometimes people come into your life and go out of your life, and you, know, you don't say they're not my friend anymore, but they're not friends like they used to be. But it's good when God gives you friends that are there for decades, uh, good, solid people that you know and love and trust and pray for you. And the Reverend Gray is one such friend. Brother, you're very welcome to Valamoney, to Hebron today. And we welcome your wife again. Good to have Arlene in the service. And just before he comes to, to preach the word, we have asked Pastor Emmanuel to read the scriptures. So Acts chapter 28, and he will tell you what follows. Thank you. God bless you. It is Acts 16. Sorry, I, I forgot to change that in the PowerPoint. He's going to tell you the right reference, okay? It's Acts 16. Okay. We should take another verse of little as much when God is in it. Um, there you go. You're going to find the place again, brother. You find the place. I'll, I'll talk to these good people here. And... Uh, uh, it's been a joy to have you at the Missionary Weekend. I want to say that again. And some of you have, have given up your Sabbath day to be with us here this morning. And that is really, really appreciated. And I trust that your heart has been challenged. We have listened to the preaching. We've listened to the reports. And every time our heart has been stirred. And God has given to us here in this church and in your heart a missionary vision. And that is something to be valued. And we rejoice in that. So it is, that the scripture is right here, 28, verse 16 to 31. It was a great time together in Romania and with 
brother, brothers, Reverend Park and Reverend Gray. So this time continues here, having a blessed time. So we will read the Lord, Lord's Word, Acts 28, verse 16. And when we, came, when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, Yet was I delivered prisoner, prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what you thinkest. For as concerning, concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him, a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not, not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah, the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he, he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among, among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hard house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Amen. Thank you, Emmanuel, for reading God's Word to us uh, this morning. Uh, could I say, first of all, that it's good to be here with you today at your special missionary weekend. And certainly we have been remembering you in prayer, and we do pray that the Lord will continue to bless you even this day. We thank the Lord for all that has taken place today. I'd like to thank the Reverend Park for that invitation 
And it's good to renew fellowship with Emmanuel and Bibby again as well. And we had a blessed time out there last, last February, I think it was. And we enjoyed going out to the land of Romania and seeing the work of God there. And we are praying for you as well. Good to renew fellowship with Noring as well. And Noring will be praying for you as you leave uh, to go to Uganda back again to the work that the Lord has called you to. And we pray that the Lord will, in these days, send us all a breath of revival and move again afresh in our land. With God's Word open before us at this portion of Scripture, let's bow in prayer and let's seek the face of the Lord. Pray that the Lord will come and meet with us, even as we consider God's truth this morning. Father in heaven, we thank Thee and we praise Thee for Thy presence with us again today. We thank Thee, O God, for the Word of God that has been read in our presence. And we pray now, Lord, as we turn to the sacred page, that You would come, Lord, and fill us afresh with Your gracious Holy Spirit. O God, we recognize that we need Thee. We pray, Lord, that we might know the leading and the guiding of the Lord in our hearts. And we pray, Lord, for each one that's bowed in your presence, that you would come, Lord, and speak again to our souls. We thank thee for the meetings thus far in this uh, missionary weekend. We thank thee, Lord, for every report and for the word of God that has gone forth so faithfully and so powerfully. We just pray now in the closing moments of this service, O oh God, that we might know that we are in the very presence of God. O oh Lord, come and meet with us. And to Thee, Lord, we will give the praise, the glory, and every bit of the honor. For it's in Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. When the Reverend Park asked me to preach at this weekend, uh, the Lord laid a subject upon my heart and a text of Scripture upon my soul. I want to speak just for a few moments today on finishing well, finishing well. And I want to base my remarks in Acts chapter 28 and the last two verses of this chapter. Take a look again at what it says in verse 30 and 31. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hard house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. When we think of our Christian lives and our service for Christ, it is always good to start well. However, in my opinion, it is always better to end well. I know many who did not start their Christian lives in service for Christ that well, but when it came to the end of their lives, they finished their course with great joy. And yet I know of many who started off well in their Christian lives with great vigor and passion, and yet before they came to the end of their lives, they made shipwreck. And I'll say more about that just in a moment. 
Child of God, the most important thing is not always how well we start, but we need to make sure that we end well, growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder today, how well are you going on with God? There's no doubt that the Apostle Paul, when he came to the end of his life and to the end of his ministry, he finished his course with joy. When Paul was writing to young Timothy at the end of his life, he said this in 2 Timothy 2 verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, there are many traditions about Paul and his ministry after he came to Rome, but as far as the Bible is concerned, we know nothing more than is recorded here in Acts chapter 28, verses 30 and 31. Here we have the record of how Paul finished his ministry and finished his Christian life upon this scene of time. And although Paul here is a prisoner, he has liberty for two years to preach the message of the gospel to all that desire to hear. And certainly the apostle does not miss his opportunity. He's faithful right to the very end. As we come to look at Paul's last years upon this scene of time, as we come to consider and notice here Paul's service for Christ at Rome, there's a number of things that I want to emphasize. The message in the main, of course, is to God's people. If you're saved and love the Lord, I do pray that the Lord will take his word and write it upon your heart and upon your soul. As I've said, it's good to start well in the Christian life, in the Christian ministry. It's good and needful to continue, and we'll be saying a little about that just in a moment. It's good to continue well, but it's good to end well. And I pray, therefore, that the Lord will take his word and write it upon our hearts and upon our souls today. What a challenge it is, and certainly it has been a challenge to my own heart and to my own life as I have thought about the days ahead in my Christian life and in my Christian service for the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, I want you to notice very simply that Paul ended his ministry as he had begun it. Keep your hand in Acts chapter 28 there and turn back to Acts chapter 9 just for a moment. You'll be familiar with Acts chapter 9 because this is the chapter where Saul of Tarsus is gloriously saved by the grace of God. And we're all familiar with the conversion of the Apostle Paul going down the Damascus Road, a hater of Christianity, wanting to destroy all of God's people. And then suddenly the Lord Jesus speaks to him from heaven. And because of that encounter that he had with the resurrected Christ, he's gloriously saved and gloriously converted for time and for eternity. And of course, it was shortly after that that he started to preach the gospel and serve the Lord with all his heart. Let me just stop there and ask you the question, are you saved today? Are you born again of the Spirit of God? Have you had an encounter with the resurrected Christ? Because you know the Lord Jesus Christ is alive 
And thank God he is alive forevermore. And today as we meet in God's house, the Lord is here and the Lord is speaking. I believe he has spoken already. He has continued to speak through his word. And if you're not converted today, the Lord wants to reach down and save your precious never dying soul. Would you not step out tonight, this morning by faith and trust the Lord Jesus as your own and personal Redeemer. That's our prayer for you. And there's no greater blessing than knowing that you're saved on your way to heaven, that your sins are forgiven, that you'll never be in hell, and that you belong to Christ, and that Christ belongs to you. My, it'll give you peace in your heart and joy in your soul, and you leave God's house this morning rejoicing, knowing that you're on your way to heaven. Well, here we have Paul's conversion. But I want you to notice how he began his ministry, how he began his walk with God. Take a look there at what it says in verse 20. And remember, he's not long converted here. It says, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Right from his conversion, he's telling others of Jesus the mighty to save. And then take a look at what it says in Acts chapter 28. And look with me there at the verse 31. He's coming to the end of his ministry now. So many years have passed. He has went on three great missionary journeys. He has planted many churches. He has seen many saved. He has been in danger on many occasions, left for dead on, on two occasions. And he has been despised and rejected by many. And yet, as he comes to the end of his life and the end of his ministry, his message is still the same. That's what I want you to notice. Paul ended his ministry as he began it, preaching Christ. Look what it says in verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of Paul's ministry, he was preaching the same message as he preached at the beginning of his ministry. You know, there are many, as we have emphasized, who start off well in their Christian lives, and there are many who begin well in their Christian ministries, but sad to say, before the end of the journey, they make shipwreck, they backslide, and they lose out with God. And indeed, Paul Throughout the course of his life, he spoke of such people. Again, keep your hand in Acts chapter 28 there, and turn over with me just for a moment to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And as Paul here was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to young Timothy, this is what he said to the young minister in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before in thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. So he's encouraging young Timothy to keep going on serving the Lord with all his heart, soul, and mind. No doubt there were many things that discouraged Timothy in the work of God. But here, Paul is encouraging him, even in the midst of the discouragements, to keep going on. And then he says this in verse 19, holding faith and a good conscience, underline these words, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. 
And then in verse 20, he names two men who had made shipwreck. Oh, child of God, it is good to start well in the Christian life and in the Christian ministry, but how much more important to end well. It was always Paul's desire to end the ministry as he had begun it. Indeed, Paul said in Acts chapter 20, listen to these words in verse 24. Again, they're words that you really, really should underline in your, in your Bible. He said this, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That was Paul's desire throughout his life, that when he came to the end of his ministry, came to the end of his life, that he would still be rejoicing in the Lord, that he would still be going on with God, and that he would still be preaching the message that he had begun to preach after his conversion in Acts chapter 9. And of course he did. Oh, child of God, what a challenge this is to us all, that we will end well. We have the greatest message that anyone could be given, the message of the gospel. And what a privilege it is to preach the gospel. Indeed, after salvation, there's no greater blessing than to tell others of Jesus, the mighty to save. And whether you preach from a pulpit like this, or whether you gossip the gospel and tell others on a one-to-one -one basis that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and of course, that's the responsibility of every child of God. What an honor it is, and what a blessing it is. But maybe there's someone here this morning and you've grown cold in your Christian life. I don't know. Maybe there's some listening on through the social media and you're not in the place where you once were with the Lord. When you were first saved, you were full of energy and you wanted to tell everyone about the Lord Jesus Christ. But because of circumstances and because some things have seemingly went wrong in your life, You've grown cold, and perhaps you don't pray as you used to. Perhaps you don't tell others that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world anymore. In fact, perhaps you don't even witness anymore. Well, my friend, I pray today that the Lord will speak to your heart and that the Lord will show you even from this very simple message today the importance of not only ending well, but continuing to go on with the Lord, because the Lord has a work for you and I to do in this day and in this age. You know, many people today are discouraged because, well, in their opinion, there seems to be little happening in the work of God in these days. But my friend, whether the tide is in or whether the tide is out, that does not Take away our responsibility of telling others of Jesus, the mighty, to save. You know, sometimes uh, we are apt to focus on the negatives. Isn't that right? But you know, child of God, you and I should focus on the positives. 
what the Lord is doing. And you know, the Lord is always working. There are many times He's working behind the scenes. He's always, of course, working behind the scenes. But before there can be the reaping, there must be the sowing. And what a privilege it is just to sow the seed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even throughout the Apostle Paul's life, while he had a tremendous ministry, a tremendous ministry, there were times when the enemy came in like a flood. And I'm sure there were many times when Paul could have said to himself, what's the point? Why continue on? No one wants to hear this message of the gospel. But nevertheless, he put his faith in the Lord and in the hard times as well as the good times, he continued to spread the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he does the second thing I want you to notice here. Turn back again to Acts chapter 28. I want you to notice, secondly, Paul was faithful in his ministry despite the rejection of many of his own countrymen. Not only did his message never change, but his zeal for the work of God never changed. Take a look what it says there in verse 17 of Acts chapter 28. We read these words. It says, And it came to pass that after three days Paul called the chief of the Jews together, and when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Then look at verse 23. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. Underline those words. Surely they point out to us the zeal that this man had. And many believed uh, the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And then take a look there with me at the verse 30, and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hard house and received all that came in unto him. Here we see Paul gathering together his own countrymen so that he could preach the gospel to them. Although some believed the majority of the Jews rejected the message that the apostle preached. And we see that here as we read down this chapter. Take a look at verse 29. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. There's no doubt, even at the end of Paul's ministry here in Rome, that there were many discouragements as there were throughout his ministry. But in spite of those discouragements, despite this rejection by many. Paul continued to be faithful, preaching the gospel to everyone that would listen. His zeal. And it's important that you see that his zeal for the souls of men never wearied. He's in a prison situation here. He has no freedom to leave this house that he's in. He's under house arrest, and although 
there were those who were allowed to come and listen to him preach in, in his dwelling. He was not allowed to leave. He's a prisoner. We'll say more about that just in a moment. So he could have been discouraged under those circumstances. But even at the end of his life, he allows nothing to discourage him from serving the Lord and for living his life for the Lord as a Christian. He loved the Lord, you see. Child of God, our responsibility, whether anyone comes in to listen to the gospel or not, we are to continue preaching, continue praying, continue inviting, continue pleading. No matter how many reject the message we preach, we must battle on in the work of God. And that's why I would encourage Sunday school teachers here today, Bible class leaders, youth leaders, children's workers, keep going on serving the Lord and doing what the Lord has called you to do. And although there are many discouragements, thank God the Lord has promised in His Word, has He not, that His Word shall not return unto Him void. And whatever you do, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. That would be the easy thing to do. But continue serving the Lord with all your heart. I want you to turn over just in the Bible for a moment. Again, keep your hand in Acts chapter 28 there. And turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3 for a moment. I want you to take a look at a text of Scripture there in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And again, I would encourage you to underline it in your Bible. It's the verse. It's the verse 14. Look what it says. Or look at verse 13, first of all. But evil men and seducers wax, shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There's much that we can be discouraged about, even in this 21st century. But Paul, when he lived, it was no different. We often highlight the great things that Paul did, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. We consider the missionary journeys that he went on, the churches that he planted, the souls that were saved through him. But never forget that when all that was happening, the devil was hard at work. And the devil was seeking to, to discourage Paul in so many different ways. But here's what Paul exhorted the young minister to do, verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. The word continue there in the text, it literally means to remain. It means to abide. In other words, those who have had the privilege of receiving this inspired word are to stay put. If you abide somewhere or remain somewhere, then you don't leave that place. In other words, you continue living for the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, serving the Lord, with all your heart, soul, and mind. It's so easy to lose our zeal for the work of God. It's so easy to lose our enthusiasm when things get hard or when discouragement comes. Child of God, do you know what's happening in the church today? There's a moving away, a moving away from old truths, a moving away 
from old standards, a moving away from old principles, a moving away from the old past, a moving away from where God wants us to abide and remain. Timothy was to continue in the things that he had been taught from his mother and his grandmother. And this truth can be seen in the lives of the early Christians. Again, I know I'm turning you to a lot of places this morning, but it's good to see these things yourself from the precious Word of God. Turn over to Acts chapter 2 for a moment, very, very quickly, and take a look what it says there in verse, verse 41 and 42. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And then look at verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in many prayers. Oh, child of God, I wonder, are you discouraged today? For whatever reason, something has happened in your life, and you're not on fire for God the way you used to be on fire for God. You haven't got the same zeal for the things of God and for the work of God that you had when you were first converted. And you know, we can all remember the time when we were first converted, and our brother, the Reverend Park, made reference to the, the, the mission that I was saved in. My, how the Lord gave us a zeal at that time, and how the Lord moved upon our hearts, and we were on fire for God, and the church was on fire for God. That mission that he mentioned where I was saved, there was over a hundred people saved at that mission. And of course, when we started to go to Bethany, uh, our brother and I, there was dozens of people getting saved every Sunday night, every week. It was not, will someone get saved? It was how many will get saved. And we look around us now and there seems to be little happening. My friend, does that mean that we stop serving God, that we stop going forward, that we stop preaching, that we stop praying, that we stop evangelizing, that we stop rejoicing in the Lord? No, it doesn't. For one may sow and another may reap, but the Lord gives the increase. And we're praying for, again, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Don't let discouragement, don't let discouragement rob you of your zeal for God and for the work of God. Finish well. Finish well. But continue well as well. There's one final thought I want to leave with you. Turn back again to Acts and the chapter 28. I want you to notice that Paul never lost confidence in the Lord, although he was a prisoner for the last five years of his life. In other words, his love for Christ never changed. His message never changed. His zeal for the work of God never changed. And his love for Christ never changed. Look what it says at the end of verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. Underline that. No man forbidding him. That word confidence there, it means boldness or it means trust. 
Why had Paul this boldness? Because he was 100% sure that what he was saying was true. In other words, he had this boldness in Christ. He was trusting in, in Christ, knowing that the Lord Jesus was alive and that the Lord Jesus would bless his word as it would go forth. I want you to think again for a moment at Paul's circumstances here. Now, it's important that you see Paul's circumstances. Paul had been a prisoner for two years under Felix. Then his trip to Rome would have taken at least one year. Then he was held prisoner at Rome for two years. And then after that, Paul was most likely executed at Rome in the persecution of Nero. Therefore, for the last five years of his life, Paul was a prisoner. And yet during that time, his confidence in the Lord was strong and steadfast. Paul's faith in the Lord never wavered. His circumstances had changed greatly. He wasn't at liberty to go on missionary journeys. He wasn't at liberty to go and plant churches anymore. He wasn't at liberty to go outside his front door. And yet, he's finishing well, isn't he? We've got to say he's finishing well. Child of God, has your circumstances changed? from you were first saved. Now, you may not, obviously, you're not in a prison cell, but has your circumstances changed? Maybe you're not able because of old age to do what you used to do with the Lord. Well, we're all getting there. But does that mean that your message changes? Does that mean that your zeal changes? Does that mean that your love for Christ changes? No, it, it doesn't, and at least it shouldn't. All of our circumstances are going to change at some point. Should we just grow old and at that point not able to do what we could do before? And the sad reality is that many, when they're Christians I'm talking about, when their circumstances change, they lose out with God. Perhaps some even become better. Oh, child of God, I pray that that will not happen to any of our lives, but that we may finish well. You know, the interesting fact about this, and I'm sure that you know this, but the interesting fact about Paul's life when he came to the end of his life was this, that he actually probably did more for God in those last five years than he did in all the rest of his life. You said to me, preacher, how can that be? The rest of his life he was going on missionary journeys, planting churches, pointing so many to Christ. What did he do in those last years when he was under house arrest? Well, let me tell you what he did. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote the book of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 2 Timothy, Philemon, and probably the book of Hebrews. They were all penned when Paul was a prisoner at Rome. Therefore, in Paul's darkest days, 
God's presence was with his servant. Indeed, during those prison days, Paul was inspired of God. Paul looked upon his imprisonment, you see, as an opportunity to serve God. Many would have said, Paul's ministry is now over. His enemies would have said, his influence will end. But they were wrong, very, very wrong. In many respects, Paul's greatest work had only begun. O child of God, whatever our circumstances may be, never doubt what the Lord can do with your life. Never doubt what the Lord can do with your life. When I was in Ballymagurney, I used to visit an old man, and our brother Philip is here today. He's an uncle of Philip's, George Halfey. Now, let me tell you about George Halfey. George Halfey and my grandfather and a few other men, they used to pray together when they were younger. And George used to sing around missions. He used to sing without music. Not that he had anything against music, but that's just the way he sang. He sang without music, and we used to have him at some of our missions when we were younger. But George Halfey ended up in a nursing home. Obviously, he couldn't. The only thing he could do in the morning would get up out of bed and get on the chair, sit in the chair. That's all he could do every morning. And I used to go and visit him now and again. And, but you know, before you got to the room where George was, you heard him singing. He was singing. And when you went in to try and encourage George, you came out through him encouraging you. And he spent his time praying for others. What a testimony he had. What a testimony he had. He finished his Christian life and his Christian service for God well. Although he was in a nursing home. He witnessed to all those nurses and all the doctors in that place. Indeed, everyone that he came into contact with, he witnessed to them. But the point I want to make is this, that he ended his life not grumpy and embittered and blaming God for his circumstances, but he turned the situation around and he used his changing circumstances for the Lord. And the Lord blessed him greatly. I had an uncle who passed away this year, or last year, just a few months ago. And if he had lived another Another month, he would have been 99 years of age. I don't know whether I've got his genes or not, but I'm sort of hoping I have. But he, he was saved in 1949 through the preaching of Leonard Ravenhill, my Uncle Sammy. And he lived for the Lord with all his heart. And he was an elder in the church in Portadown for over 40 years. A couple of years ago, I used to call and visit him, and we would pray together, and he was a great encouragement to me in my Christian life. And he prayed for me, and I valued his prayers. But a couple of years ago, he, he took, took ill. He wasn't that well, and at the end of his life, he, 
he couldn't go to church anymore and he couldn't he couldn't drive anymore. He, stopped, he, had, he had to stop driving when he was 97, I think. And I can remember going in to see him a couple of years ago, and he said, John, I want to tell you something. I've rededicated my life to the Lord. Well, I didn't think really that he needed to dedicate his life to the Lord because his life just shone out for the Lord. But obviously in his heart, he felt that he just wasn't in the place where he should have been with the Lord. I've rededicated my life, John, to the Lord. And he spent the rest of his days living in his home, praying for folk. That was his ministry. Praying and encouraging others. He finished well. Child of God, it's good to start well. It's good to continue well. And it's good to finish well. But maybe there's someone here today and you're not going on with the Lord the way you should be. You're not going to finish well. You see, there's two ways that you and I, child of God, can finish. We can finish rejoicing in the Lord, praising the Lord, trusting the Lord, being used of the Lord, or we can finish, as I have said, as old grumpy and bitter Christians. I know which way I want to finish. God giving me the grace. Finishing well. Young people, you love the Lord today. Keep going on with the Lord. But finish well. I'm doing a study in, at the moment in our own uh, prayer meetings on the 12 disciples. And it's an interesting study for many of them didn't start that well. And of course, we think of Peter. Peter certainly didn't start his Christian life and his Christian ministry too well. He denied the Lord with oaths and curses. He let the Lord down miserably. Maybe there's someone here today and you feel in your heart you've let the Lord down. And maybe the old devil comes to you and says, there's no way back. Well, first of all, that's a lie. My, my exhortation to you today would be rededicate your life afresh to the Lord. We all need to rededicate our lives afresh to the Lord. You've only one life, it'll soon be passed. And mind you, it'll go very quickly. As the Reverend Park and me is finding out. But I don't regret for one minute, and I know he doesn't, the day we decided to step out and serve the Lord. After salvation, it was the greatest decision that we made. And the next one was marrying the wives that we did. Better not leave that one out. Oh, child of God, finish well. Finish well. And don't let the devil rob you of God's best. Paul finished well. He finished well. His love for Christ never changed. His message of Christ never changed. And his zeal for the work of God never changed. May we be able to say the same when we come to leave this scene of time. God bless you all.
Let's bow together in prayer. I think we'll just close the meeting in prayer. Our hearts have been challenged all the way through, and the word of the Lord has come with clarity and freshness to us. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this meeting. Thank Thee for what we've heard in every part of it. And most of all, we thank Thee for Your precious word. And You've spoken to our hearts. You've brought us to that place to realize how important it is to finish right in the Christian walk. It's not always the first mile, but the last mile that's important. And so we pray that you will bless each one here, the believing church, the people of God. For some, they've been on the road for many, many years. Help us to keep on going on with the Lord. Some have started well, maybe started recently. Help them to continue with the Lord and even aim towards that time of finishing their course, just like Paul. We pray that you'll help us to give ourselves afresh to the Lord, even this weekend, for the Christian work that you've called us to this year. Pour out the Holy Spirit of God upon the church, upon our hearts and lives, and help us to have that zeal in our souls to work for the Lord and to realize there's nothing more important than his kingdom and his glory. Dismiss us now with your blessing. Keep your gracious hand upon us. And when we come to the final meeting tonight, let your presence be there. Bless the preaching of your word. Bless the special prayer that we'll have with Noreen as she goes back to the land of her calling. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <coughs>